Broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studios in Atlanta, it's time for On the Money, presented by Embassy National Bank. Now, here's your host, Joe Moss. Hello, everybody. This is Joe Moss, and you're listening to On the Money, brought to you by Embassy National Bank. Uh, As you know, Embassy National Bank is there to help small business, and we do have money to lend. And I want to talk to you about that if uh, after the show if you want to uh, get in touch with us. But um, as you know, we try to bring concepts and people in here to help you be a better business person. And today um, we are very blessed to have the founders and creators of Business Radio X in the studio today. And uh, Stone Payton and Lee Cantor. Stone, how are you? I am doing well, thank you, sir. And Lee? I am doing great. And uh, these guys have taken a concept into something that uh, is working extremely well across the country, and they can get into some of the volume numbers. Uh, but I want to. they're going to spend a little bit of time on a commercial and advertisement, but I want to get into how it all came about um, and so that everybody can kind of listen and learn. We're going to hear a lot of concepts that we've been talking about and so this will be a really good kind of a uh, uh, laboratory uh, show that we can do but first either one lee or stone why don't you first tell us for someone that doesn't know what is business radio x stone why don't you cover that all right so we are pro business earn media and our sole mission is to help businesses get the word out about the great work that they're doing for their market for the community and for their profession. Uh, I think Lee will back me up and uh, we, we don't think traditional media is doing a, a very good job of it. And candidly, we both are pretty weary of business people being vilified in the media. And uh, we're gonna do what we can to keep that from happening and continue to support local businesses. We feel like it's the backbone of this country and can and should be the backbone uh, globally. So we're gonna try to continue to do what we do in every business-friendly market on the planet. Lee, do you need to want to add to that? Um, I think that about covers it. it uh, the big problem we have is in traditional media, on one hand, they approach business people as kind of the, uh, the way to fund their operation. And then on the other hand, they'll disparage their industry and marketplace two pages later. And um, we think that there has to be somebody in the media that is supporting and celebrating business and we want to be that safe place for business to tell their story um well so far in our show and we've been on the air now over a year we've had a lot of success with that and i'll share some of those with you as we get into it because i'm sure you'd like to hear about them um but why uh, you chose the internet route as opposed to the um am radio fm radio route what was that decision and and how did you come to that Well, um, we wanted to be the network, so uh, this was the most efficient manner to do that. And um, uh, and plus, what, AM frequencies are getting all taken up? Well, we think that the Internet is the way that people are going to communicate and get information. So um, that just dovetailed nicely into what our mission was. What is the reach of an AM network? It's like six. Oh, miles you can only get six forty in downtown Atlanta. So and not at night. 
and yeah. not at night. You know? Well, no, our, our <laughs> clients and our mission, uh, our clients require and our mission dictates that we have a, a much uh, longer reach than that. So I, I don't I don't know that we ever, you, I jumped in late and I, I, you know, I latched on to Lee's coattails and I've been riding them ever since, but I don't know that AM was ever even a consideration for you, was no. it? No. Um, I like the ability to broadcast live. Uh, as well as have the ability to record simultaneously. This is an on-demand world now. People want information when they want it. Not everybody's available at 3 o'clock, even though we'd like as many to be as available as possible. But um, people can listen to this today, tomorrow, in 10 years. And repeat, too. Exactly. And repeat. Um, uh, You've gone from nothing in sales to um, a pretty big operation. How many locations do you have at this point? We should know the answer to that, shouldn't we? <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> uh, five they just here, count the dollars. <laughs> five here, one in North Carolina, and in Chattanooga and Pensacola are coming on board. And then we've got sort of a faux operation in Chicago. Chicago, right. So I don't know what did I just say. How many was that? Eight, eight or nine, maybe. I mean, I'm serious. That is where Lee and I are putting the vast majority of our attention. Now that we have really competent, passionate people who genuinely resonate with our mission, and are fervently dedicated to fulfilling that mission every day, like a Mike Salmon uh, here in the Gwinnett uh, Subaru of Gwinnett Atlanta, uh, uh, Atlanta Station. Now that we have that, Lee and I can focus on growing this network, and we all benefit uh, from when we do. So I don't know what the answer is. We should. Uh, what is that? Eight or nine? Yeah, I guess. We'll and, go with uh, that. Yeah. Now, in in today's technology world that knocks down all geographic boundaries, you're doing a geographic growth footprint. What was the decision and thought process Hyper-local there? Hyperlocal was always important because we believe in the power of face-to-face conversations like these rather than um, on the telephone conversations that most internet radio is. Uh, most internet radio is I'm in city A, uh, the guest is in city B, and the station is in City C, and we're doing a glorified conference call. Mm-hmm. And that's what they call internet radio. Um, we prefer this face-to-face where I can look you in the eye, I can meet you, I can spend time with you, I can build a relationship with you. And and that works, by the way. That was a good choice because in the uh, Subaru of Gwinnett Studios here, um, I've come across and met with uh, over 30 different clients and I don't think we could have had the kind of conversations that we've had had it been on the telephone. In fact, people say, yeah. can I call in? And I say, no. That's what we recommend that all of the uh, our affiliates tell their underwriters because we think that part of our secret sauce is kind of allowing these face-to-face conversations to occur. And, uh, and you tell me, did this deepen existing relationships by having this kind of a conversation with your um client well it's done yes it has it's done a lot for us um the the i guess the best example i can give you is that a guy walked in off the street and he wanted an sba loan and um and so we took his application and we said how'd you hear of us he said i don't know but i heard that embassy was really good for small business Mm -hmm. now the only place i hear that would hear that tagline would be on this recording Mm -hmm. so i think somewhere somehow he would have heard something from somebody and that's why he came to see us so it's kind of hard to but that's the best success story we've had well i'll tell you that is you're living your brand you know this isn't uh, just a line on a letterhead Mm -hmm. you're demonstrating it by actually having a show that supports and celebrates business owners 
So what better way to say that you're really the bank for business owners than doing a show that mm-hmm. supports and celebrates business owners? And we've also um, spent some shows on what does bank technology look like five, six years from now. Mm-hmm. So we get an idea of what, let people know what our plan would be. Uh, educate a lot of people on SBA lending. Uh, we also focus on certain industries that we're good at. So there, there are more teaching exercises. We've been a big believer in a, we don't, we don't tout ourselves. We just help people learn, and um, and and I think that's got a better marketing pull than just bragging about what you've done. Well, you know, your actions tell the story, sure. not your words. Yeah, and your actions demonstrate that you support business by giving them a platform to tell their story. Right. Um, all right. Let's talk about your business. Um, first off, concept, Lee. I guess it was your concept, correct? Yes, um, it started because prior to this, I had a fitness center and um, I had a partner that was a fitness expert. I was a marketing person. I have a degree in advertising. Mm -hmm. Um, We were a small personal training studio in uh, Alpharetta and we were doing great, kicking butt. Then all of a sudden, all these big boxes came in and they were undercutting our pricing. They had much more uh, advertising power and they were... um, they had more money than we had. So we had to separate ourselves. And I thought a good way to separate ourselves would be to write a book. And we would be the boutique studio that um, are the experts because we wrote a book about fitness. So we wrote a book called um, You Can't Lose Weight Alone, the Partner Power Weight Weight Loss Program. And it was authored by my, I wrote it mainly, and, and he got to be the lead because he was the fitness expert. And um, we went out on radio, internet radio and regular radio, and we realized we had kind of cool banter back and forth. Um, Our studio was now struggling, but our book was kind of taking off and we were um, kind of getting a lot of opportunities on the radio. One of the opportunities led to us having the ability to host our own radio show on an internet radio network in Atlanta. And uh, we created a show called Dr. Fitness and the Fat Guy. Dr. Uh, Fitness one? and the Fat Guy. Yes. Which and one was the fat guy? <laughs> I I am the fat guy. Not anymore. <laughs> Not anymore. You look good. Uh, no. Uh, so I was a, uh, being the fat guy, I was the one that uh, couldn't stay compliant, had a difficult time, you know, working out. Dr. Fitness is a chiropractor, so he's a doctor, and he has a degree in exercise physiology, he trained professional athletes. He was the guy that, you know, he'll find a way to run five miles today. It doesn't matter what the weather is, and mm. he's going to make it happen. I'll find the reason not to run a mile today. So um, we did this show, and we're interviewing people, and we thought that would help drive business for our, our um, studio in Alpharetta, which it didn't. But we were getting good at it, and we were actually one of the first people to podcast. So we were doing our show, and we were podcasting it. Um, what year was this? Oh, uh, what year was this? Do you remember? This was—it's probably seven years ago. Okay. And uh, so we were uh, doing our show, and we were asking guests locally at first. We were getting the manager at the Gold's Gym. We were getting a tennis pro. We were getting kind of local uh, fitness people that we knew. I was on the internet a lot and I realized there was um, on, the, on, Washi- on the Washington Post, I read an article that there was a brother and sister who invented a game uh, about like Trivial Pursuit for kind of fast food. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, they'd be great guests on our show. Our show's kind of silly, but we give good information. 
So I send an email, an email that we still use to this day. Um, Would you like to be a guest on my radio show? Hi, my name's Lee Cantor. I'm the co-host of Dr. Fitness and the Fat Guy. Um, We're a show about wellness and health, and we'd love to have you be a guest. In less than an hour, the guy responded, Mm. absolutely, what do I have to do? And I'm like, it can't be that easy to get a guest. And uh, because, again, my degree is in advertising. The first conversation is usually the hardest conversation in advertising. That's what you're shooting for. That's why you run an ad. You run an ad because you want someone to raise their hand and say, hey, tell me more about whatever your product or service is. And here I had stumbled upon accidentally a means to get in front of somebody. So I've kind of filed that away. My um, my co-host on the show, he's watching the Today Show and he sees a famous author on the Today Show. He's like, I wonder if she'll come on my show, on Dr. Fitness. He sends her an email. Sure, she's coming on. We're getting the who's who of fitness and wellness on this show that we had just started like six weeks before. Now, is this phone or is this face-to-face? This is all on the phone. Yeah. And that's how it started. Um, but uh, So we were getting Jack LaLanne, guest on the show. Jillian Michaels, guest on the show. Bob Harper, Denise Austin, uh, Billy Blanks, the P90X guy. Anybody and everybody wow. who's in fitness and wellness is coming on our show. Um, so we're like, wow, uh, this is fantastic. So our show is getting more and more popular. We're a featured show on iTunes, extremely popular show, uh, have relationships with lots and lots of fitness experts. It was just an amazing kind of, uh, uh, opportunity for us. So the gym sadly went away. We now have this great show and I'm, and we're like, okay, what's the next step? Let's start our own. Let's do this ourselves and start our own studio. So we had an opportunity now to build out our own studio, which we did. And it was, that was the only thing running was the show. But so now I have all this time and now I have a studio. And I'm like, I wonder if this would work for businesses, not just Dr. Fitness and the Fat Guy. So I had friends in business and I'm like, hey, let, would you, let's start doing shows. And at first I couldn't give away a show for free. Hmm. Nobody wanted, uh, what is this? Well, what is this podcasting? Do I need an iPod? Like what's internet radio? Who listens to this? That there was a million questions. Right. So what we uh, realized, I got this, I was part of a networking group called PowerCore. It's like BNI, these Mm -hmm. kind of every week you have a meeting. I found somebody that was selling Aflac and I'm, and she had just started maybe four, four or five months before and they told her go to the chamber go to all these things and you know what Affleck is you know yeah, it oh, works. Yeah, yeah. so like it's free to the business and then she tries to get in front of their employees but as soon as they see an Affleck person come in they're running the other way because sure. they know what's gonna happen <laughs> right so I'm like hey Amy instead of saying you're with Affleck say you're the host of Atlanta Business Radio and on that show we interview business owners all of a sudden, game changing. Wow. Now, they all are like, how do I get on that show? How do I get on that show? People that were ignoring her, all of a sudden are now her buddy. And they're like, how come you interviewed that guy and you didn't ask me to be on the show? Now she's getting more and more people. Her business is growing dramatically. Now she's the popular person at all these chamber meetings. And that was kind of the beta test for the business. And from that point forward, then it became easier, and then um, people 
wanted to pay to be part of the show. We were able to show them how to create a show that serves the niche that they are serving. And uh, that's how kind of the business grew. Um, you're listening to On the Money, brought to you by NBC National Bank. This is Joe Moss, and we are broadcasting live from the Subaru Gwinnett Studios, brand new studios. They've done a really great job here. And uh, talking to the founders and owners of Business Radio X, who we use as the platform for this show. And and uh, Stone Payton and, and Lee were kind of going through the background. So if I could digress a little bit, what sure. I'm hearing is that um, – you started off one way and then very quickly found that, wait a minute, this has got legs for another purpose. Um, and then from there, it, it morphed into something else. So um, it is very interesting. And I think a lot of small business owners uh, see that, where they have an idea. Right. And they've just got to be nimble on their feet in order to get to where it needs to be. Um, Stone, you want to add to that? Absolutely. <laughs> uh, no, I think that, that, that you and I both are pretty good about acting fast, taking action, trying to learn from that action, pivoting, and, and making those decisions based on real data that we get from those actions as opposed to doing too much theory. I think we're both pretty good about that. Right. We spend a lot of time thinking, and then I want to stop you right there. How do you do you schedule time to think or do you just think in the normal day events? Um, that's a good question. I, we don't schedule much. We're not good <laughs> schedulers. <laughs> so it happens in our organic, just our relationship. We get together every morning, the 830 in the morning. That's when we start our day. And um, we talk about I mean, we're both voracious readers and we're always trying to learn best practices. And um, we like to take action. So we think. We get an idea, and if both of us kind of, we try to, you know, kind of vet it as best we can. But once we're in agreement, we want to take action as quickly as possible and get real data and learn from that and then move forward from there. And, Stone, is this a capital-intensive business? Uh, it wasn't for me because I was did such a fabulous job of conning he's a sales Lee guy <laughs> into letting me become. Um, and so, uh, but no, it's not the way that we've decided to structure it. And and I give a lot of credit uh, for this decision to Lee, but I, I think it was the right one uh, to join us to operate your own studio. We have continued to lower the financial barrier. Uh, every year as much as we possibly can and I hope we'll find out ways to lower it even more now I will say the hydraulic that has developed is as we continue to lower the financial barrier we are getting much more rigorous and, and a little more choosy with respect to to cultural fit and how how uh, well people seem to resonate with our mission mm -hmm. and so so we put more discipline and rigor against that and have tried to lower the financial barrier uh but no the financial investment i, I think by most people's standards is kind of down in the range where you could talk your aunt louise into a well it's, right, it's really kind of a in in a lot of ways it's a relationship business it's a technology business it's not a brick and mortar uh equipment kind of business right correct no, we say that all the time. We're out. We eat lunch a lot together too. Maybe that's where a lot of our thinking gets thrown back and forth. But we're we ride around town and and we say this to each other all the time. Man, can you imagine the capital it must take to be in that business? Or man, can you believe those guys just threw the dice on that restaurant or that hotel? Or 
And so, no, it's not in that league at all. Well, still, though, you're dedicating your lives to it, and you've got other things that you can make, theoretically, could make money at. So you've you've yeah. thrown away those opportunities, and now you're totally invested in this. So Well, I'll tell you, the, the, the driver of that is less money and more mission. Yeah. We are extremely focused on telling the stories of business, and we want to be the place where those stories are told because it it's too important to not have a cheerleader for business in the marketplace because there are so many negative ramifications of just this continual um, background noise of business people being the bad guy, that a business owner is evil, that a business owner is greedy, that a business owner is exploiting the environment or the community. I mean, I'll tell you that you see it in Hollywood I'll tell you, the Jurassic Park movie that's out now, at the heart of it is there's a greedy business person that cares more about money than the people that they're serving. And that's just not been our experience. We interview, I've personally interviewed tens of thousands of business owners, and I just haven't met that person that cares more about money than people. Every business owner that I meet is risking their own financial well-being on the hopes of serving people and they couldn't survive if they were trying to rip people off on a continual basis they just couldn't make it it's too hard Hmm. business is hard well you have to serve in order to be successful as a small business right but that story's not told in the media no it's not you're not getting that you're you're almost you're almost punished and and um Mm -hmm. um talk down about if if you got a little extra jingle in your pocket right so they they don't see the years it took and the risk they took uh to have that extra jingle in their pocket so that's again why it's so important for us to be the place where those stories are told somebody has to be that person that's telling those stories and we want to be that brand business radio x is the place where those stories get told i'll tell you how badly he feels that way because How greatly he feels that way. (laughs) How strongly he feels that way. Because he personally could make a heck of a lot of money a lot faster if he would just focus on running a couple of studios here locally Mm -hmm. and do his thing. And candidly, because of the relationship we now have in my investment position with the company, so could I. That's a. But instead, we have elected to go bigger and expand this business because it truly is the mission that that drives. Well, the story needs to be told. Yeah. Of, of all these businesses out there. We see it all the time. And, uh, and what the public doesn't see for every person that, that has been successful, there's probably eight that are trying to pay off their loans because it didn't work. Right. They swung and missed. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Those stories aren't told. They don't appreciate the risk. When you put your house on the line for something, mm-hmm. you don't know what it's like when you have a payroll and you may not make it. And you care uh, more about those families that you're impacting rather than your own situation. They don't hear those stories. So we want to be the place where those stories are told because it's important. This country was built on the backs of business people. The people that took risks. Do you guys know fear at all? Absolutely. uh, Does fear work into your day-to-day decision process? I try not to let it. I th- I mean to me it energizes me to some degree and I think what I'm what I'm feared of <laughs> is that's right that's a good southern word right what I'm feared of I th- I think 
changes. Right now, I'm feared of the possibility that we might not be able to grow this thing as large as quickly as we'd like to. I am blessed in so many ways. I largely due to uh, the business Radio X business model. I'm not worried about the mortgage. I'm not worried about my next meal. I I'm going to be fine. Right. But so I'm there's different things that concern me. I don't know if fear is the right word, but certainly energy. No, I mean we talked the other day about putting fear in the back seat and um I, I think you've got to make the decision, you've got to validate it and at some point you've got to get off the dime and you got to go get it done. Right. And uh, yeah, fear can be a motivator. Make make you think a little bit. Make you think about all the different options. But at some point, you got to decide whether you want to do it or not, and you just go do it. Right. And and that's what a lot of small business people do. Um, you mentioned your background, Lee, was advertising. Um, Stone, what's your background? I grew up in the training and consulting business. I spent most of my career on the sales and marketing side, although I did do some design and delivery for high-end premium fee boutique firms focused on leadership, but often a subset of that uh, being change management and change leadership. So helping organizations acquire methodology and training for navigating large-scale change. So what made you decide to jump all in with this? I, uh, after being fired, and I have been hired and fired from some of the most respected consulting firms in, in, in that arena that I described. Uh, but the, on, after the last one fired me, I, uh, I'd made a little money. So I, I took some time. I uh, self-published a book. And, uh, and Dr. Joyce Payton will tell you it's the best book on leadership ever written. And I think mom still has a couple hundred <laughs> copies in her, in her garage. I don't know if writing that book helped anybody else, but it, it really helped me uh, uh, crystallize my thinking around some key disciplines, and it helped me get a handle on the kind of work that I wanted to do. So um, I did some keynote work and was promoting the book, so I was a guest on uh, Amy Otto, the mm-hmm. Affleck lady you were talking about, uh, Amy Otto's uh, show, Atlanta Business Radio. I had a marvelous experience. And then it wasn't too very long before I made the investment to be an underwriter. Well, you know, from both of your perspectives, the the way you got into this came from a, a setback. Um, Lee, your setback was the gym was starting to lose a little revenue. It wasn't it wasn't happening like you thought it was. Right. Um, Stone, you you lost a job. I mean, you didn't lose your self esteem, you didn't lose your talent, but you lost a job. So that both puts you in a situation where you had to think. You had to go figure out what's the next thing I'm going to do. Sure. And there are a lot of those out there, you know, and, and a lot of times people have these setbacks and they go run and hide. And I, and I want to encourage people that if you do have a setback, use it to your advantage. That's right. We're both big believers on choose yourself, bet on yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, say that again. We're both big believers on choose yourself, bet on yourself, uh, because I, I believe in me, I believe in Stone, I believe in our talents and our vision, and um, we are dedicated in making that vision a reality. Well, it's, uh, I want to move on a couple other things. Planning. How far in advance do you try to plan? <laughs> <laughs> I think the, the definite I, silence no, answers You don't have to laugh because we've had, I've, I've got some ideas about this, but I want to hear what you I, say. I really think in our defense that we are consistently planning day in, day out. I think we'll be planning on the drive back to our side of town this afternoon. I think he and I are so invested in this work that we really are constantly planning. But as far as, as, far as a formal planning process uh, and then the lead time to 
to the implementing a formal thing I, I wouldn't have the first clue do you i know but are you thinking a year or are you thinking a year out you thinking five years out what are you thinking yeah my tomorrow i, I can tell you my horizon is a lot more like two quarters his i think is a little longer and i think that's one of the reasons that and, and then we have a couple of other people in the organization that help us stretch it out a little further. Well, minute, i'll tell you our mission is to the way that i looked at this business the opportunity <coughs> excuse me is there's about 8,000 chambers of commerce. If we can get in front of 10% of them, that's 800. We can put a studio in 800 locations here in this co uh, country. Then that would be a win. I'd be happy with that. That's kind of my long-term vision. And then the day-to-day -day of making that happen is we're just trying to do it as quickly as possible. Well, it's interesting, though. The My perspective is the chamber has a tough time of getting anything done. You know, it would seem to me that your actual market would be another entrepreneur like yourself that sees the vision that can tie themselves into a chamber, much like Mr. Salmon did. Right. Well, I'll tell you that when I first kind of envisioned this, I thought, oh, I'm going to partner with every single chamber of commerce. They're going to put a studio in every chamber of commerce. After talking to some chambers of commerce, I realized they're not as, as nimble as I am, and they don't take action as quickly as I do. No, that's true. Well, <laughs> and there's so many people to deal with. There's some bureaucracy there. So I thought a better strategy would be to partner with the chambers rather than to kind of have them change their business model to accommodate my vision. And uh, that's the model that we recommend our affiliates to do is to create some relationship with a chamber and use it as a kind of a symbiotic relationship where each side helps each, helps the other. All right. Um, we, we hear, I think there's a lot of things you guys have done right. And I'm going to ask you, what are some of the things that you, initially you didn't do right? And uh, what were they and how did you correct them? You take that. How long do we have? Um, well, this is. That's a good question. How long do we have? That's a really good answer for everybody listening. It's going to happen. No, oh. we make mistakes a lot. We do because we take action a lot and because, you know, maybe we're not the sharpest tools in, in the shed. I'll tell you one um, personal shortcoming of mine, and I'm continuing to try to, to grow with, through, and around it, is um, trying to uh, almost push a a string uphill i think in changing a person and getting them to be something that they're not or no. not yet as opposed to if i really thought about it and paid more attention truly effective leaders that are accomplishing the kinds of things that we want to accomplish are uh creating an environment that brings people's natural motivation and, and skills and, and and passion to the fore but i think i've tried to 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 uh, transform people way too much, and I'm trying to, to grow away from that. Lee? Um, I think one of the— By the way, we've not done any hardly any resets in here, but uh, you are listening to On the Money, and uh, I'm supposed to tell you that every once in a while, but the conversation <laughs> here has been really good. So anyway, Lee, I'm sorry. Um, I think one of the things— we have to focus on what the mission is, and sometimes we get distracted by other shiny objects that come our way. And um, I know we've— pivoted into other what we thought were low-hanging fruit ways of making revenue yeah. and that uh, sometimes we lose track of the mission of this company is to tell the story of business and I can't say it enough and I can't do it often enough but we want to be the platform where we help businesses tell their story and we want to have as many studios out there on the, the planet so we can have as many affiliates and operators helping businesses tell the story in their marketplace 
And um, sometimes we lose track because this platform is also good for people who have trade shows. And we help people in trade shows and we do, we call it radio in my booth. And sometimes we got distracted doing that. Mm -hmm. And this is also a great place to capture content. And we got into content concierge where we're a place to help people capture content. But again, if we stay focused on our mission of helping businesses tell stories, then all of our dreams will come true. Well, let me, let me stop there because that's kind of one of the things that we talk a lot about is, is kind of a high-level plan that you need to really stick to mm-hmm. and let everything kind of fit underneath that. Right. And um, don't, don't be afraid to, make a, to take a chance. It may or may not work. Um, but, you know, every time you take a chance and it doesn't work, you learn something. Well, I'll tell you what's worse is that it works a little. <laughs> that's that's what gets you right it kind of sucks you in a little bit right yeah well and I, I personally i'm so easily distracted by shiny things all of those things that he described i can tell you the trade show business with our platform and what we've learned that is a marvelous line of business that is, you can make a very comfortable income and genuinely serve people um and content concierge taking a conversation like this one even with the guest you have today (laughs) i mean really you you have a you have a 20 30 minute conversation there is some real meaningful relevant material there that could benefit so many people in so many ways you can slice and dice that and and package it and turn it into blogs and tweets and videos and and, and there's money to be had there that's that is as i've I take time to think every once in a while, <laughs> and I've looked on this, and I've went back on the schedule that I've had. We've I look at all the things that we've talked about and all the good people we've had on the show, and I thought, you know what? What can I do with this? And uh, Mike and I have had some conversation about that, and um, I told my wife, I'm going to write a book, but you know, you've given me some other ideas as well. Because there's just so much good stuff that has come about. That's right. If you transcribe every one of your episodes, you know how many words that is? What a marvelous book that would be. That's millions of words you have at your disposal. And by the way, I had uh, going back somewhere in here, and she's going to, Laura Sadowski, guess what she does? She writes. She takes stuff like this and writes. But she doesn't have to write. She just now has to edit. And it's a lot cheaper and easier to edit than it is to write. Fix these mistakes. It won't take her long at all. (laughs) See, there we go. Mike, we're making changes (laughs) to the plan here, too, you know? Um, But anyway, we, uh, I really like what you're saying is that you, and and something that I think is true in any business today, yeah, you got to have your mission. You got to stay true to the values and the mission and, and those kind of things. And I can tell you also have a, a, a good value basis as well relative to um, uh, you're concerned about some of the images that small business has from the media. And that kind of hits on one of your values that, uh, hey, we're doing good stuff. And I want to I want to let everybody know that. Mm-hmm. And then you have the mission. But your 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 plans are can be short term. Um, they adjust constantly. You can you you allow yourself to be wrong, uh, but you also allow yourself, as you say, to be wrong, to be successful just a little. At some point, you're you're able to step back and say, I guess that's not working. We got to go back and stay true to the mission. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are concepts that a lot of business owners don't have because they're so focused on the day to day to day to day. Revenue generation that they don't take time to do those things. Well, I think it's important for businesses to really serve their clients. So if you're always looking at it, what best serves my clients? I think that you as a business owner will be taken care of. Mike, 
there's that concept again, <laughs> listening to your customer or your client. Um, we talk about that a lot in the show. It always comes back to what does the customer really want and do you really understand them? And again, that goes to the earlier point of when the business owner is vilified and is um, that's not reality. You know, that may make a good and interesting movie and a convenient villain, but that's just not the reality of business. People want to hear wins. They want to hear about wins. They want to hear about success. But I think more importantly, the person is sticking out on that goal where they're about ready to quit a job. Um, they want to pick up something and they want to understand what's this really going to be like for me. Mm -hmm. um, you know, get away from the euphoria. Yeah, 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 I'm going to do this. And what's it really going to be like? What are some of the things that I'm really going to have to worry about? Um, I actually, at, I have had some very recent conversation around that. Uh, we get a chance to visit with startups quite a bit and young people that have a great deal of vim and vigor and passion for what they're doing. And some of them are very skilled at graphically constructing their dream and laying out the spreadsheets and all of that. And, um, you know, one of the things that Lee and I, I don't ever want to shut down anyone's idea and I don't want to dampen their enthusiasm, but I do try to impress upon them pretty early in the conversation if they really are asking for my counsel. Well, the first thing you need is some customers. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there's that word, you know. <laughs> and it sounds simple, you know, to people right. like us who have kind of made it over the hump, and we're really not worried about our next meal, and, and we are in the business we're going to be in. What do in. they really, if you were to, tomorrow, if you were to go, go get your first customer, what would they really, really want? You know, and do they, are they buying into what you're trying to create here? All right. Right. And that's a hard question. And you got, the, there's only one way to know that is by asking. <laughs> Correct. We can sit in a room and have a whiteboard and plan all we want, but nothing's real until you have a conversation with a customer or a prospect. And uh, I think that's missed a lot. I don't know that that's taught in some of these MBA programs. Um, somehow the guys at FedEx figured it out. I don't know. <laughs> well, remember, that... the guy got a C on his paper. Right. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's not going to work. There's right. no that demand FedEx for it. But he had a... done a lot of work with demand. He knew that it was going to work. He right. knew that there was demand to get a package somewhere quicker. But his professor didn't, and his professor gave him a C on the – that was his thesis. So he got a C on his paper. But somehow it's a you know multi-billion dollar business. But I bet he put a lot more time and energy in getting his first half a dozen customers than he did in the logo design <laughs> and the logistics. Because he well, he, it wasn't called FedEx. It was it was called Federal Express when well, he started. Yeah, he went and got customers mm -hmm. and then moved. Um, what do you all? How do you guys handle disagreements? I or just win. do whatever I say. <laughs> actually, that's done. Get yeah. no. Actually, that that's true. Uh, again, I'm blessed in a lot of ways. Uh, not the least of which is Lee really does genuinely value my opinion. I have a tendency, I'm told, to share my opinion with some degree of conviction, and I I think I am persuasive and uh, given the benefit of the doubt in our relationship in in the organization. And I believe with all my heart, once I've had an opportunity to communicate where I'm coming from, what I think, I believe, and I told him this from day one, maybe that's how I got my 40%, I don't know. Huh. At some point, if we still disagree, we're doing it your way. We right. we have to be rowing in the same direction. Um, and uh, so that, that's well, every the ship, way we live. Every ship needs a leader. Every ship has to have a captain. Right. Just because if he disagrees with me, it doesn't make him a bad person. It might make him wrong, 
but we still got to row in that direction. How right? would you how would you describe Lee's leadership style? Um, it is much calmer than my. If if, if for those of you who have seen uh, The Godfather, um, you know he's he's uh, Michael and I'm Sonny. Uh, and I'm trying to grow to be more like Michael. He's very cool-headed. He's calm. He's collected. I am more like that than I used to be. Um, but, uh, yeah, he's Would he's you concur with that, Lee? Well, I, How I, do you see your leadership I style? see I'm very consensus-oriented, and I believe that I am malleable that I can change my opinion, and I want you to challenge my opinion. I encourage all of the people around me to challenge my thinking but you better be able to persuade me. So I'm open to listening, but I I have certain beliefs that um, I can be moved, but you're going to have to move me. But there's one underlying um, leadership style that you have that I think just attracts folks, and that is you care about the customer. That's right. You genuinely care exactly. about the customer. And, that's, and that better be at the heart of, of your persuasive uh, argument. Mm -hmm. Because if your thing is about how to make another dollar, that's not a driver for me. I want, it, it has to be about how better to serve the customer, how better to help them get the word out. Us making another dollar is less important. Or for us now, how better to support the Mike Salmons right. in our system. How can you I help Mike make more money? That's what we try to do at the bank is how do we how we help customers and sometimes they're not helpable but um, we we try to help people you know our job is probably one of the few businesses where the customer can be wrong mm -hmm. uh, and sometimes our job is to keep people from hurting themselves because we do lend them large sums of money but we do expect to get paid and we put safeguards in place that we can go after if, if things don't work. Right. So, um, and we have a fiduciary interest to the regulators, to our shareholders to try to collect that money. So our job is, is as much trying to help the customer succeed, but also make sure that it is going to succeed. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it's a tough line we walk sometimes. That's right. It's a tough line we walk, but it all goes back to what's best for the customer. Right. I think that, um, and that makes decisions easier. When you're focused like that, then it's easier to make decisions. Um, you know, we're at the, kind of at the end of the, uh, at, uh, the show, and it's been a lot of fun, and we'd really like to have a chance to do this again sometime. Sure. I, I don't know. Mike, how difficult it is to get these folks on your show. Maybe if you just don't pay the bill for a month, you know, <laughs> you got to go through their people. You got to go through their people. Well, but, if you <laughs> couple it with lunch or dinner, then I think I'm in. Right. No, I thoroughly enjoyed. Thank you so much for having us. Sure. Absolutely. Right, one delight. last question: the whole issue of patenting and protecting and trademarking is that something that you were uh, earnest about, or is that something that you thought, well, I'm just going to get this thing going? um first or how did you how did you work on all we that we trademark business radio x and um we don't have a patent for anything we do here so you just got the logo trademarked and, and the and brand we're trying to build the brand as strong as possible and that's part of the value we provide our affiliates is uh, have a strong network and um, we're doing our best to be known if you google business radio we want to make sure that we show up somewhere high up which I think we've done, and the and the stronger the network gets, and the more we expand around the country, the stronger that'll become. Okay. And I, I 
firmly believe with all of my heart, there are elements of what we do and how we do it that would be very difficult for people to truly replicate. So I, I'm not feared of, as we talked about that earlier. And in the same breath, I got to tell you, if someone else is out there that can use this type of platform or any other, and they are genuinely committed to helping businesses get the word out about the great work that they're doing for their market, their community, their profession, more power to them. Call me and I'll help them. That's right. Well, I really appreciate you guys being on the show. And I just to kind of summarize, I think it's what we've always talked about on the show. It gets back down to what does the customer want? How can I serve the customer and, and uh, make them better? And uh, if you do that, you tend your your business tends to be successful, and and um, that's what we've seen on the banking side. Uh, the other thing that I've heard just loud and clear is, um, I won't say you stumbled into this, but you were nimble. You started off with one concept, and it kept changing. It kept changing. Another door opened. Another door opened. Another idea came about, and it just. You're constantly nimble and rethinking, mm -hmm. and uh, and I, that's a, a huge thing that a business owner has got to do is continually think about remaking themselves. Am I am I doing all the right things? Uh, and I guess that's if we could have a takeaway, that would be it for today. Is just stay nimble. Uh, I, I we talked about planning. Planning to me is um, gosh, we have a mission, we have values, etc. But Sometimes I just feel like if, if we can um, get through the next three or four months, that's just going to be a big win. <laughs> yeah, you know? I think Mike Tyson said the best. Everybody has a plan until uh, I hit him in the face. No kidding. <laughs> oh. And let me tell you, I mean, uh, and you're going to get hit in the face. That's right. Plan accordingly. Plan accordingly. Well, anyway, thanks, guys. Uh, again, we've had these are the owners and founders of uh, Business Radio X, a very successful business, but uh, – uh, it's taken a lot of work. They're all in. They're completely invested in this thing. Uh, They're very passionate about it. They've got a mission. They've got a plan. They're willing to adjust that plan. So Stone Payton and Lee Canner, thank you so much for being here. My pleasure. Um, all right, everybody. That was uh, um, the segment for today for On the Money. Again, this is Joe Moss uh, from Embassy National Bank. The show is brought to you by Embassy and also, we are broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studios uh, with our wonderful Mike Salmon producer. So um, thanks, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. And just remember, think, plan, and then throw the fear in the back seat and go get it done. Thanks. <laughs>